Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God that we meditate upon this evening is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 70. Then they all said, Are you then the Son of God? So he said to them, You rightly say that I am. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Is Jesus the Son of God? The Jews say yes. I mean, I'm sorry, the Jews say no. Jesus says yes. What do you say? In a minute here, well, a few minutes anyway, after the sermon we're going to stand up and confess together that Jesus is the Son of God, true God, born of the Father in the Apostles' Creed. And of course, it's a pretty easy thing to say it in church, to confess it together in the Creed. You could even open your bulletins there and write a nice big yes. Uh, you got that whole blank page there because the sermon text was so short. You can write a, a nice big yes to the question there. Yes, Jesus is the Son of God, but Jesus wants more than that from us, doesn't he? Just like when your wife asks you, do you still love me? She wants more than for you to just say yes and go back to the football game, right? She wants you to show that love, to live that love. Jesus wants us to show that he is our God, that he is the Son of God, our God, in the way that we live with our attitude and our actions and our whole life. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus is the Son of God, and since he is our God, we need to make him the God of our life, the focal point, the center of all that we do. One of the claims of modern physics is, of course, that everything is relative. Energy and matter are relative. Our position in the universe is relative. You can make a model of the solar system with the sun at the center or with the earth at the center. It's a little harder with the earth at the center. It's not quite as easy. It's a little more complicated of a model, but you can do it. Everything is relative. There is no absolute. There is no fixed point. And that's great for physics. It works well in physics, especially astronomy. The problem is we often take that same attitude into the rest of our lives as well, don't we? We bring it into the philosophy, into our worldview, even into our religion. There is no fixed point. Everything is relative. And if everything is relative, I can make myself the center of the universe. I can make everything circle around me or at least try. And we do try to do that. Sometimes we try to do that even... In our Sunday morning worship service, we come to worship Christ, but instead we make it all about me. What am I going to get out of it? What does this have to do with me? Why should I care? When Jesus answers yes to this question in our text this morning, when Jesus answers yes to the Jews, he shifts all of space and time, doesn't he? He gets rid of any notion of relativity and says, I am the center. Yes, I am the Son of God. That would be a rather 
bold and arrogant claim, except for the fact that it happens to be true. He makes himself the center of all things, and scriptures agree. Paul tells us in Colossians 1, 15 and 17, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. In other words, Jesus is the center. Everything is relative to him. And most importantly of all, he is the absolute center of our lives. Wouldn't it be nice if we came here on Sunday or Wednesday nights, wherever we came to worship, and we could just, just talk about Jesus. Just talk about what he did and who he is. That'd be great. But we're too sinful for that, aren't we? We're too self-centered for that. We have to instead make it about us. Why? Why does it matter to me? How does it apply to my life? Otherwise, why do I care? That's that sinful nature within us, isn't it? The only thing I care about is about what those things that apply to me. The problem is that anyone who makes himself the center of the universe is going to spend his life wandering. If you make yourself the center of the universe and everything is revolving around you, you have no fixed point. You have no guiding star. If instead we make Jesus the center, we make him our God, as he says he is, the Son of God, now we have a, a fixed point, a guiding star, a, a good North Star to guide us in our life. You know what the really amazing thing, the really wonderful thing is? That even though Jesus tells us in our text, yes, I am the Son of God, yes, I am the center of all things, he nevertheless makes us the center of his life, doesn't he? He came down from heaven to die for us. He did that for us. He spoke the words in our text this morning for us. It was for our sake that he spoke up. He knew that the Jews were going to use this as an excuse to kill him, but he answered anyway, yes, I am the Son of God. Why? So that they and us would know the truth of who he is. So that we would know and so that believing in his name, we could be saved. The prophet Jeremiah, always a good book of the Bible to read. The prophet Jeremiah reminds us, Jeremiah 31 3, verse 3. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. That's that perfect picture of Jesus as the center of the universe, drawing us to himself so that we might revolve around him. We're like little comets, little asteroids circling him, the sun. He is our center and our fixed point. Because of our self-centeredness, we have that tendency to make everything about us, to make ourselves the center, to try and make everything revolve around us. But Jesus died for our sins. He claims us as his own. He makes us his own special people and teaches us how to revolve around him so that we have a fixed point in our life 
something sure and certain. Since Jesus is the Son of God, he also ought to be the voice that guides us every step of our life. That's what it means for Jesus to be God. He is the center of our life, that he is our guide in all things. Earlier today, on a, uh, <clears throat> after Kaylee's therapies in Portage this morning, uh, my phone was almost dead. The power was really low. I did plug it in last night, but for some reason it didn't charge. And uh, so by the time therapy was done, it was almost out. And the result was I couldn't use it. I couldn't plug it in and say, take me home to have the GPS and just follow it home like I usually do. This normally wouldn't be a problem if I were going to take 33 back from Portage. That's pretty easy to follow, right? But uh, today we needed to go through, you know, back roads, military road, 44 like that. And you would think after three years of driving to Portage, even that, those back roads I would know pretty well, but apparently I don't pay very much attention. It's easy not to pay attention when you just use your phone and it tells you, turn here, turn left, turn right there. Fortunately, my wife was in the car. She told me when I was making a wrong turn, so that was good. I probably shouldn't be so reliant on my phone as a GPS and as a guide, but we should be that reliant on God's Word, shouldn't we? We should allow God's Word, His voice, to dictate every path we take, every, every step we take, every turn we take. That's what it means for Jesus to be our God. That we are that reliant on Him that we're lost without Him. We don't know where to go if He wasn't speaking to us. John 15, 4 and 5, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I him in bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. I remember the days when I used to have to, you know, plan out my route on a map and memorize it, and you actually had to pay attention to the road signs because you didn't have your phone telling you where to go. Now we have Google telling me what to do. To say, yes, Jesus is the Son of God is to confess that he ought to be that guiding voice, and a much better voice he is. He's not the cold, indifferent voice of an empty machine, but rather it's the voice of our loving Savior who died for us. John 15, 9, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus' voice is that voice of love for lost sinners. He proved that love when he came down to earth for us when he suffered under Pontius Pilate, when he was crucified and died. And his voice is one that's well worth following. Every turn it tells us to take because we know that he is that good shepherd leading us to those pleasant pastures, those still clean waters. Jesus is the Son of God. Let that be your answer, not only to the question of our text, but to the question of your life. To say, yes, Jesus is my God. To make him the center of your life so that you have that fixed point. To make his voice the, the guide for every decision you make. Let him be your God. For his voice is the voice of love. Are you the Son of God? Jesus says, yes, I am. And I will be your God as well. Amen.
We continue with the confession of faith uh, in the words of the Apostles' Creed, confessing that Jesus is the Son of God, our God. Uh, page 13 in your bulletins. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please remain standing and we'll continue with the offering. <clears throat> 